Welcome to the Disrupt or Die podcast, brought to you by JPay. Hi, and welcome to episode two of Disrupt or Die. My name is James, and we have in the JPay tool room. Hey, I'm Mira. Hi, I'm Dana. It's Jasper. And this is Liam. That didn't sound scripted at all, did it? <laughs> I think so. What we discussed from the, from the last episode was uh, towards the end of it was patience being dead, or I, I hope we did. I'm sure we did. And so this episode is really about patience being dead, and we're going to look at some examples or situations where people or companies or brands or campaigns haven't been able to capture the attention of their viewers. So. Patience has basically won, and so the user's bounced. And we're also going to take a look at some where they have. Then we're going to take a look at responsive websites and why they're so important, and definitely the importance of visual content and the UX side of things. And then we'll just wrap up. So that's great, Dana. Over to you because you weren't on the last show. I think we had uh, quite a few of the other lot here. When we talk about patients being dead, what does it mean to you? We're now living in a fast-paced environment. People don't want to wait for the thing that they want now. So each time that people are looking for anything, whether it's a, um, let's say they're looking for a, a, um, a travel agency, they will Google a travel agency, they'll get several uh, results, they'll click five. If they enter a site and it doesn't catch their attention immediately, they will close and go to the next one. People do not want to wait. When when they are looking for a thing, they are thinking at the same time, why should I stay here and not go somewhere else? So what makes your brand or campaign or whatever, it should grab their attention immediately because people don't want to wait for uh, their goals. Yeah, I think the, uh, I said it before, Maybe I'm wrong where I've said that the internet came along and uh, destroyed patience. Yeah. But I think I'm wrong because as I was just about to say this, I thought, I mean, well, I'll give you some history about me. I started as a marketeer when I was 12 and and the way I started was by going through the yellow pages because I needed a bike saddle and, uh, I found an ad because most were just like listings. So I found an ad and they had spending mistakes in their actual ad. So there was no such thing as the internet in 1992. So now you know how old I am. And so <laughs> there, there were no ads. And I called up with my non, uh, well, prepubescent, non-broken voice. And I said to the guy, do you have this saddle? It was a BMX bike that I had. And he said, yes. So I went along with my brother. And what I'd done, I'd written him an ad which I thought captured the attention. Now I don't have it, I wish I did. And he was so impressed that uh, I actually got the sale for free. And then that's how I then started. I started to write ads. I would call up, my brother would, he's 10 years older than me. He would he would call up other companies and say, we can rewrite this for you, you can do it better. And, and that's how I started. So I think even going back to the yellow pages, I mean, do any of you remember what the yellow pages mm-hmm. are? Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> you don't know what the yellow pages is. And so, it's it's not just the internet. I think the internet has expedited it. Yes, because now that you're sort of saying that, 
I think about how if I go into a huge if I go into a huge grocery store and the aisles aren't numbered right and I'm looking for one thing, I will lose patience and I will leave to find my thing at, at some other place because I don't have the time for it. It's like we are now living in a very fast-paced world. That's also yeah. why libraries are are way less crowded now because yeah. everyone can find everything on Google. I think in the UK they've uh, they stopped funding most libraries. They're closing down. Mm-hmm. I can believe that. Which is a That's shame. sad, though. It is sad. Yeah, as you said, we're living in a very dynamic environment where everyone is getting bored so fast. Everyone just wants their peace of mind and everything they do, so they don't have this much patience to actually wait for something to happen. They just want everything right there in front of them and click. Like if you want to eat, you just order food. You don't go and cook cook the food. Yeah, or even you don't go and actually call the restaurant. You just want to order it with a click of a button and just order it. Even now you get ready-made, like if you don't want to go through the hassle of ordering food and you want to cook, you can Mm. have boxes that that they can send you each week what you Mm -hmm. want to cook for the week with the ingredients. You don't even have to think about it through the days of the week. So basically what the world is coming to is what's the next best fast thing that we can give people. Mm. And that's how the world's working right now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think another example that's a bit different from what you guys mentioned is when someone's applying to a job, and they ask you to upload your resume. And then the next step is to retype your resume into their website. Yeah. You yeah. won't apply to that job. <laughs> I would never. Yeah. I did that loads of times, by the way. Before before we started JPay, and I was looking to maybe move to the Gulf, every single site did that. So you would upload your resume, and then you would have to enter it manually. And I couldn't understand why you'd have to do that. That's the point. Uh, just ask me to do it. So it was silly and... So I'll give you an example, guys, of an epic fail, and I'm coming from a copywriter's point of view. So it's the red Nike ad. Okay, you've all heard this before. So you are on the hunt for a specific type of trainer. I'm English, so we we call them trainers, but you might call them sneakers Mm -hmm. or shoes or (laughs) running shoes. Right, there you go. And the ones I want are, let's say they're called Nike Reds. And so I see an ad on Google and it says 50% off Nike Red trainers. Wow, that's what I want, right? So it's targeted me and I click. What should happen is that when I go to that landing page or to that product page or homepage, I then see either a pop-up or the content there directs me to buy these these trainers immediately. I shouldn't then go on a hunt. So if I click on this ad and then I'm shown blue Adidas women's hiking boots, I bounce. That's it for you, yeah. I'm I'm done. I will not, and in fact, I will then criticize that company probably for the rest of the day. So they've now not only not had an advocate, not had a sale, but they've had someone who's actively dissing them. (laughs) <laughs> and that's only because I didn't get to buy the thing I wanted because they sort of, in a way, promised me that that's what I would get. Maybe if I went on a hunt and I start going through their menu and their special offers, maybe I would find these trainers. But I don't have time for that. Yeah, that's the thing with with copy. With, when you're talking about copy, it's the words that are written on any website uh, during a marketing campaign. It's that there's a promise. Within each word, there's a promise. And that's why the user likes to see these words and read them. 
because they're expecting something. It's either you give them and you succeed in your marketing campaign, or you don't and you fail horribly. And you break that promise and they lose trust. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And leave bad reviews. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have that. Which relates back to our first podcast talking about brands. As we just said, brands is giving a promise to your to your consumers. It's about letting them trust your personality behind that. Yeah, brand. that's the experience as well. Yeah, I was about to say that. You posted something on the group earlier about yeah. brands don't just give you trust, but they give you... The experience, it was about the brand, it's not just about the meaning behind the brand, like if a brand says they're working on their CSR or they're very friendly or they're even providing you with all the things that you need, it's not just about that. This is why the greatest companies in the world are work, are working right now. Um, it's because these companies are creating some sort of experience mm -hmm. and this is what customers are looking for nowadays. It's about going in there and having some sort of experience. So uh, take an example of any product that can be, um, I think there is a makeup brand product where they actually created a vending machine and you put the money inside the vending machine to get that makeup product. You usually see that with grocery items like chocolate or water or whatever, but you don't see that with a makeup product. So they have um, integrated this experience side of buying the products instead of actually going to a store and buying that product from there. So what a great example is this. But then to tie that into patients being dead, imagine if you went to this vending machine, which served up makeup, and you put in your money, and then it asked you to fill in the survey before it gave you your, <laughs> your makeup. But I guarantee there are people out there who would say this is a good idea. And it's not. It's not a good idea. If someone wants something and they expect to be put on a certain pathway, then put them on that goddamn pathway. And then when they expect to then be shown something, show it to them. Don't think, oh, we're going to try and be disruptive and show them something different. No, don't do that. Because their patients won't tolerate it. Because people expect a certain experience, right? So exactly. that's how we lead back into that. And they expect things to be done fast and easily so they can move on to the next thing. They don't want to spend all day just trying to buy something. I think we talked about this earlier. How many times have we been to a site where you've you said add to cart and then you literally spend three minutes trying to find the cart? Why? We want to give you our money. Please don't make it difficult because we will bounce and go somewhere else. Uh, shopping shopping websites are a dime a dozen they are everywhere don't make our life difficult so that's the example i think of how not to do things you've got another point you want to make uh, i want to talk from a social media perspective yeah, so tell us why you want to talk from a social media perspective for anyone who didn't listen to <laughs> to the train wreck which was the first episode <laughs> Uh, I'm a marketing intern and I want to specialize in the social media aspect of marketing. So I'm very into social media, as you can see. Yeah, so what I wanted to say is that usually people, for example, say you're sitting at home on your couch, you're very bored, you go into social media, you think that you're bored and you'll actually look, look at all these posts on the social media, but you won't. You just will scroll down continuously until something catches your attention. So this is what we want to, we want to tell you guys that 
whatever you have there on social media as well should be very appealing very it should grab your customer's attention in less than five seconds for sure or else i'll just continue scrolling down and i won't even look at your ad because we have so much clutter and and all the amount of advertising and the amount of campaigns we have exactly so, people don't read people scan yeah 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 through social media through websites i want something i'm scanning Oh, something just grabbed my attention. I'll look at it. I won't look and search for the small details. I just, I just want to move, move on fast. That's why we have to choose our words very wisely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and you can show me two pictures of the same shoes. If one looks better, I'm gonna click on the one that looks better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that uh, we're going to talk about this a bit later on when we come to the the ux side maybe you can talk about it now but if you have great visuals with great words and they're coupled together then the chance of you making the sale or achieving what you want to achieve for your conversion is much higher like we say whenever we do our headings less than 10 words right yes you should be able to convey your message in less than 10 words because if you have to write a whole paragraph people are interested and it has to be very attractive yeah yeah and so if you if you want to say to someone, let's say someone is trying to find a, uh, I don't know, red Nike trainers, for instance. <laughs> back, to, back to that example. I mean, I can talk about kettles if you want, but let's talk about red Nike trainers. And you say to, instead of trying to say how great and comfortable they feel, forget all of that. Number one, if you can tell them how powerful this person will, will be or look with these trainers and then explain to them how easy it is to get, so you then have the price point in there. Uh, the chance of them getting it is much higher. Then if you throw a bit of FOMO in there, so fear of missing out, then you sort of achieved your goal. And if your product looks great, then you can have some great visuals thrown in there. So you're bringing the words on the page to life. Yeah. And I think that's super important too. You're basically tackling, tackling their emotions here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, which, which is back to branding. Which is back to branding as well. Everything relates back to branding. It does it, right? It's the experience. It's all related together. Well, it's, it's, it's I want to draw meaning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, can I talk about the epic example? Go ahead. Right, okay. <laughs> so today I received two bills, two utility bills from a company in Cyprus called Epic. We have an office in Cyprus, one in London and one in Lebanon. And the one in Cyprus sent us two bills and they sent it to my personal Gmail account. By the way, even though I told them not to and I did go through the process of calling them and updating it to the company one, but that's by the by. So they send two bills. Then we say, uh, we want to pay these, so we log in. We can't log in for some unknown reason, even though the passwords are stored both on our password generator and also on Google Chrome, which guys, you shouldn't if you're listening to this. But for some reason, they said the password was wrong. As I said, this company is called Epic. Right, we'll talk about why you shouldn't call your company Epic in a minute. And I then, it then says to me, enter in your email address. So I enter in the email address that they sent the bills on. Please bear in mind, we received these bills and within minutes tried to pay them. Wasn't days or months, within minutes. It says invalid email or your email doesn't appear on our system so i thought okay maybe maybe what they've done is they've updated it with our company email so i even entered that one nope didn't exist that's an epic fail 
And this is why you shouldn't call your company or add great adjectives in your brand name. It's a setup for disaster. Yes, it is. Because it's an epic fail and I've ended up talking on a podcast about epic and how disastrous <laughs> it is. Because I'll tell you what, my patience with them was over. I have tried to pay. I can't now. And I now I have to call the call center and I'm not going to do that. I can't be bothered having to call them. And so patience is finished because you know what? I expected a seamless experience. I expected that when I received the bill and on the email, there was, an, there was the attachments of the two bills and it said, click here to pay. You click. Okay, so what do I expect as a, as a user? I don't expect a card to turn up at my house. No, I expect my browser to open and a website to load. And that did happen. That was great. Obviously, I have to log in, right? But that didn't happen. And it's not, it didn't happen because I didn't know my username and password. It's because their systems were either corrupt, down, or hacked. <laughs> either of these things inspire zero confidence. And would I then recommend them to anyone else? No. Even if it was a slight glitch, would I recommend them? Absolutely not. Yeah. Suppose we take this uh, this experience that happened to you to another real life situation. Like this experience that happened to you, you're obliged to pay in a certain way, so you'll go back and call them, but yeah. you're not calling them because not you're not. No, no. But suppose this happened to you while you were shopping on a certain website. If this happened to you, would you go back and create another Absolutely email not. or email them or call them? Absolutely Definitely not. not. Would any of you? No, I would shop no. somewhere else. Unless this company had the only product on earth that you wanted, only then, and you were desperate for it, would you consider having to jump through hoops? Mm -hmm. So because we know that patience is dead, please, for the love of God, companies, can you stop making people who want to give you their money, putting them on Olympic Games? They don't want it. <laughs> they just want simple things. And if you can... And we'll talk about this now. If you can sort out the user experience and then get from point A to B in under 10 clicks, and that includes paying, going through the OTP stage if there is one or 3D payment system, and you can do that all in under 10 clicks, then you've achieved greatness. I think we'll talk about UX and then we'll talk about the, uh, the responsive website, seeing as we've just said that. So UX, user experience. Jasper, over to you. So today, I received this uh, email from an app that I'm subscribed to that I got a voucher for a free watch from a mid-range Swiss watch company. Beautiful luxury watches. I go on the website. I'm trying to select the watch. It's not clicking. I'm trying to change the currency. It's not changing. I keep refreshing it. It's lagging. I'm not going to spend any more time on it, even if it's for free. So mm -hmm. I just, I was in and out in under five minutes. That was a meditation practice that you did not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, so, so at JPA, we're sort of big on, um, on yoga, or as I like to call it, twister. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's, it's things like this that you really shouldn't mm. have to do it's so easy to fix we spoke about this in the last show but i think that the reason why a lot of these companies seem to use these dilapidated methods is because the owner i'm sorry to say this if you are of a certain age 
you believe that this is how things are done and it's not. Please understand, you are not selling to yourself. You are selling to other people. Dana, you had a few things to say about UX? Yeah, so basically the, the process of UX, well, good UX, is when you go to a page, upon five minutes of being on that page, you should be able to tell why you're here, how to get to what you want, and in, in the least amount of steps, as you said. Because if you have to look or click six buttons to get to the page that you want, on button three at the most, I'm going to get bored. So if you have good web navigation, it'll tell you why you're here, what you are doing here, and at the same time, it gives you confidence. When you find it easily, it gives you a lot of confidence in the company that made it. While if you go onto a page and you're lost, like I'm looking for some tires and I keep seeing car parts everywhere and I can't get to the tires, I will go to, to any other company. And there's this book I recommend everyone read, whether you're a UI or UX, a project manager, uh, a developer. It, it's Don't Make Me Think by uh, uh, Steve Krug, I think, if I'm pronouncing it right. It's not a new book by any means. It's old, but it they keep bringing it back, third editions, fourth editions, because it's still valid even now. It teaches you that users don't want to wait. They will skim a page, they'll find anything, even to the like to the like process of don't make them wonder if this button is clickable. I should be able to look at a page and know, okay, this is where I want to go. Download, that's it. That's what I want. Exactly. This also happens in traditional stuff too. So for example, if I go to a supermarket and I'm searching, let's say, for a certain dairy product and I go to the aisle where dairy products are there, if I don't find it, I won't even bother to go to a separate aisle and search for it anywhere else, like beside the detergents, for example. Mm. So this this happens everywhere, whether it's online or traditional. Yeah, exactly. Everyone wants a seamless experience. Everyone, we're repeating the same thing. But patience is that everyone gets bored so easily and they just hop on to the next better option. And there's a lot of competition. Exactly. Mm. And there's there's a lot to be said about modernization because that's a big element of this. There's a lot of trends, especially now. Trends move very fast. So why a lot of companies lose uh, a lot of like previously extremely loyal customers is not hopping on trends fast enough. So if you're still stuck in 2013 when everyone else is in 2018, people will find easier access to a lot of competitors and they'll go to a lot of... It's 2021. I'm just looking at her thinking. Right. So just in case you're listening to this now. I'm making... Why are you stuck in 2018? I I gave small differences. It's not a lot. And now we're in 2021. So if you're still stuck in 2018, I have like bad news for you. Bad news for you. <laughs> also, I'd like, to, you that, <laughs> I'd like to say something. Companies on your career section, please stop asking people to refill their information after they've attached their resumes. No one's going to do that. Are you looking to leave? Is that what you're? No. Are you applying <laughs> no. at other companies? So? You can tell us which ones have you been looking at. 
I mean, look, for the final example on UX, imagine if you, um, you've, you've been after the girl or boy of your dreams and then finally you arrange to go on a date with them, right? And you say, I'm going to come pick you up. Uh, and, and where, where do you live? So they give you their address and they say a time and you turn up. And then when they get to open the door, you say, sorry, you can't come in. What I want you to do is run to the end of the street and then run back and then I'll let you in the car. How do you think your date is going to go? Because I personally don't see a difference between that and having someone jump through hoops in order to give you money. You're not going to achieve anything other than people dissing you and saying, don't shop at this place. And because of the introduction of social media, as I like to call it, the internet, what happens there is then people have a voice Mm. and everyone can say what they want and no one can verify it. Okay, anyone can come in. You don't need a passport to be able to join Twitter or Instagram as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know. And so everyone has a voice. And then we have the review websites, which are perfect. (laughs) Okay, and it's so funny because as human beings, what we will always do if we go to Trustpilot, I know that I do it, is I will go and look at the one stars first if I'm going to go buy a product. Because it's like, I want to see what am I in for? Exactly. And, and if you take a look at some user experience review sites, they are hilarious mm-hmm. at how, because there are, by the way, there are apps which count how many clicks you need to, you need to actually achieve before you buy something. I think we'll post them, we'll post them on our socials. I want to do something about that. Yeah. Which then brings us to responsiveness, right? So responsiveness. So. Dana, it's not 2018, it's 2021. (laughs) But in 2015, Google announced that they would start, I would say, taking away PageRank from websites which weren't responsive. And we all called it in in the industry Mobile Geddon. Okay? Play on words. And it's shocking that in 2018, there are still... Where Dana's living... (laughs) In the year you're living, there are still websites which are not responsive. And government websites, other than the British one, I'll be honest with you, I am looking at you. If you look at any American American government website or municipality, they are not responsive. They are useless. It's like the mayor himself designed it. Okay. And, and so governments really need to move with the times, but not just them. There are so many websites which still aren't responsive. And then they start moaning because they don't realize why they're, they're not appearing in the SERPs, in the search engine result pages. So, Mira, mm-hmm. when it comes to responsive websites, other than what we've just said, why is it necessary? Uh, because now we have several sizes of screens, let's say phone or a laptop or different sizes of laptops. You don't want to see half the page only on your phone. And mostly we all use our phone to search for things before we go onto our laptops. So let's say that the way uh, a specific website was designed, they didn't take into account how it's going to look on the phones. Can you imagine how horrible it would look for me? Let's say it was a shopping uh, website and the cart was at the very right side, of, right, right top side of the page. If it wasn't responsive to the different sizes of the screens, I wouldn't find the cart. How does this make sense? It doesn't. And it happens a lot. 
So yeah. that's one part why responsiveness is very important. To add something on what you just said, if I was used to having a website where I always see the cart at the top uh, right corner, mm. I wouldn't want to actually go into my mobile and see it on other, any other place. Exactly. I'd like to always see it there. Mm. That's why you're at your head at the moment. There's a, this, there's a big risk there when changing a big element. For example, Instagram, mm. when it changed the, uh, I think it was the like, the yeah, notifications actually, buttons, yeah. And it put the heart on the top right. Wow. There was, there was like a period where that just made me angry. But if it's a good change, people could get used to it. But if it's just bad responsivity, then no, people are just going to get angry. Mm. But yeah. imagine, imagine if, again, from coming from a copyright's angle, if we've spent ages trying to come up with different messaging and then a website loads on a screen, and you can't read the messaging. Because it's too big or too small. Well, it's too small. It's too small, for instance. Mm -hmm. And you can't actually read that messaging. First of all, you broke the heart of the copywriter. That's for one. For two, your user hates you. And then Google won't like you either. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It won't. Because the way that Google's going right now is the fact that it's taken on board and the mantra that patience is dead and their algorithm, believe it or not, is smarter than most people. And so it takes into account how the user interacts with a website and if the user isn't interacting properly with a website and that includes bouncing or not scrolling down a certain way and if they spot a trend in this then they quickly realize well there there seems to be an issue here mm. uh, i i strongly advise all of you to look into to google search console because there you really see the the effects of how google is taking in mind the user and the patience of the user. Mm. And people who can crack, how many seconds do we say, JP? Three, Three seconds. seconds. Three seconds, not five. Uh, very few websites have five, but we try to always do it in three. That if you can do it in three seconds, and that, that user, if they're interested, and then they can get what they want, and they can move on within that three seconds, perfect. That means that they, that you have actually made the sale, made the kill, got the conversion, done what you wanted to do, and, and you can get... Google likes you. Well, Google likes you, which means then what will happen is they'll probably promote you more, mm -hmm. and other people will we'll become advocates, and they'll start posting you wherever, and have great reviews, and so on and so forth. But if you don't do the things that we've discussed here, expect failure, mm -hmm. and then stop nagging at your sales team or your marketeers, if your marketeers weren't part of all of this process, why the sales aren't coming in, okay? And that's that's really what what you shouldn't be doing, okay? Look at yourselves as a brand. I think we've covered everything. So what you can do is, if you've reached this point, you can send us in any questions at podcast at jpayagency.com. Socials, I think you can find us all on slash jpayagency, apart from LinkedIn, which seems to be jpay dash Agency, yeah. I believe. Okay, I think we'll change all of these soon. And then maybe we can have a podcast on why it. we've done it <laughs> and yep. how we've done it as well. I think it's important that we talk mm -hmm. about this. So that's another show in the bag. Well done, guys. Thank anything, you so much. Anything Thank else to add? If you have any suggestions on any sort of topics you'd like us to talk about, then feel free to ask us anywhere, whether it's on social media, by our emails, anywhere. Yeah, I think it's nice. Yeah. Why don't you guys set the agenda? I think it's good if, if you do that because we're happy to talk. 
obviously. Always. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to talk with us as well and hold a postcard with us, then how lovely we are. Reach out. Reach out to us. Yeah. I think we're going to start having guests soon. So, yeah. Yeah. When we've got more than four listeners, I think that's more. (laughs) So, say goodbye, Lynn. Bye, guys. Goodbye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Uh, Have we a were, great day. We were going to go around the room, but we were just <laughs> staring at the microphone. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. Bye. Like, review, and spread the love by sharing this podcast with anyone who's looking to boost their brand.